welcome to a happy place. This is the Live Happy Now podcast. I'm your host, J.R. Houston, along with Deborah Heiss, the COO and all everything of Live Happy Magazine, will be joining us here in just a second. And we are excited to have you along as well, wherever you are in the world. However, you have found us. We are glad that you are a part of it. Also glad for our partners, Live Happy Magazine. That's, of course, the big one. Lots of great stuff involving them. Online, livehappy.com. You can also get the digital editions of the magazine at the Apple Store, the Google Play Store. You can also find, you know, the print magazine available on fine newsstands everywhere. And our other partner, Life Reimagined, and their website, lifereimagined.org slash happy, which is just filled with all kinds of processes for you to go through and uh, different resources for you to try. It's all right there because as you awaken to the power of happiness, so do your dreams. So what's next? Go to lifereimagined.org slash happy. Now, uh, Deborah Heiss uh, joining us here again, and uh, this has been such a fun thing, what we're about to get into, the 90-day challenges, and uh, it's it's amazing that uh, the, the people in the office, you can tell they didn't just do this for the bit, right? Yeah. They didn't just do it because, well, Deborah said we had to, and we're doing this thing in the magazine. Like, they're taking this stuff to heart, and we knew that because we talked to everybody, and this is, of course, an, an article and, a, and a, a feature in the magazine. But before it came out, we talked to everybody, said, okay, here's what you're doing. What are you trying to correct? What are some steps that you think? And now you're, you've had the opportunity to talk to everybody and, and see how they came through it. Yeah, you know, the 90-Day Challenge article uh, originally was a concept that was presented, and I was like, there is no way we have enough time to do this because we didn't even really talk about it till pretty late last year. But they were so enthusiastic about it. The entire team said, we don't care. It's extra work. We really want to do this. And, you know, it worked out to benefit them because several of them volunteered to be our test subjects, so to speak, and work (laughs) with these independent coaches. And it was fun for me because I really wasn't that involved up front in this content. They they developed it with their coaches. They published their blogs online. They've been on this podcast with you. And my first opportunity to really talk to them was – about how it was going, aside from, you know, reading the articles and stuff, was really to sit down with them for this Conclusion podcast. And it was so much fun to hear how much benefit uh, they received from this uh, this this 90-day challenge. And the cool thing, too, and you'll hear some of them mention it, is that it, it goes beyond the 90 days. And that was kind of what I was thinking when we first discussed this project. Well, we said in the podcast many times, well, it takes, it's not just a quick fix. And I thought, is 90 days really enough to help solve some of these problems and you'll find out that it's enough to get you started on solving some of these problems but the a lot of these folks are sticking with it they're improving they're accelerating whatever they need to do and uh, lots of good tips in in all of these conversations looking forward to hearing them here yeah it really was about creating lasting change about each of Mm -hmm. them identifying a topic that they had had struggled with in the past or they were currently struggling with and saying how am i going to improve my life improve my happiness by going through this and the coaches they worked with were all top-notch experts in their field. And for those of you who are listening to this podcast, there's still an opportunity for you to win a free coaching session up to uh, with two coaches. So we have, we're two different. For those of you listening to this podcast, I want to remind you that there's an opportunity for you to win free coaching from one of the coaches that participated in this challenge. We're giving away two of those packages valued at $3,000 a piece to people who submit an essay on what they would like to change about their life, what they feel like they need to be coached on. You can go to livehappy.com and click the link there that says win free coaching and enter the enter the contest and hopefully you will win. But uh, mostly I would like to get straight to these wrap-up podcasts, uh, these wrap-up interviews with, with the people who participated in in the challenge. And for a reminder, what the uh, the 
the topics were was overcoming negative thoughts and worry, improving communication with others, specifically with a teenage daughter, learning to unplug from work, overcoming chronic insomnia, and then help setting long-term goals. So these were five volunteers from the Live Happy staff, and this this is a kind of a wrap-up to their journey. Well, first up in our updates is Susan Kane, the contributing editor at Live Happy, and worked with Michelle Gravel, who is an executive coach and communication expert. Michelle helped Susan improve her communication with her teenage daughter. Tell us about how uh, how you chose this topic and your experience working with Michelle a little bit. But mostly tell us about your relationship with your teen daughter before you started this 90-day challenge. Sure. Well, the topic kind of chose me <laughs> since I have a teenage daughter. We all know that's a hard time of life. She's in middle school, which I think Ooh. sucks for absolutely everybody. <laughs> And, um, you know, we had always had a very loving relationship, very close relationship. And then once she turned 13, things really changed dramatically. And it was really hard for me. I I felt really hurt by uh, the way she was behaving, you know, hurt and sad and um, angry. And I really didn't know what to do about it. So when this opportunity came along... Uh, I was nervous about it, but I also thought, hey, why not go for it? So I have to ask, we're near the end of the challenge. Has it changed? Has it worked? It has worked dramatically. Wow. Really dramatically. Michelle is a remarkable human being, um, a really loving, giving person, not just a really smart person. Her son's lucky to have her as a mother, I have to say, but um, she has helped me so much, so much so that I took notes on all the sessions that we had, and I go back to them again and again whenever I have trouble. Well, I'm going to have to uh, probably get a copy of those notes because, you know, my, yeah. my, my oldest daughter's only seven, but in six years, I might be looking for Michelle's number. A little, yeah. little nervous about teenagers in the house. <laughs> um, for our listeners, what's one thing that you've implemented that really helped you bridge the gap between you and your daughter or one or two things from, that you've learned from this that you'd like to share with our listeners? I think the most dramatic breakthrough I had was that Michelle had me journal for a couple of weeks and write down what was going through my head during both positive and negative interactions with my daughter. So I did. And it really freaked me out. Hmm. I, um, I did not realize how angry I was. You know, I mean, I was really angry and I cried. I mm. cried when I when I read it after about a week because as Michelle says, you know, a lot of what communication is, the way it comes through to another person really comes through in your tone, in the expression on your face, not just in the words you say. So I was saying politically correct words to my daughter, you know. Yeah. But um, clearly the anger was coming out in other ways and she was feeling it. And when I realized that that was leaking out of me, it really freaked me out and made me realize I had to change. It wasn't, you know, that she had to change. It was that I had to change. I'm the mom. I'm the parent. She is the kid. So does your daughter know you were going through this? No, she 
she doesn't have a clue and I'm not going <laughs> to tell her for a long time because I think she'd really freak out. So there's a couple copies of the magazine you're going to have to bury in your house That's so she doesn't exactly look through it. them. I'm hiding it. Yeah. <laughs> this issue just won't be around for a while. But uh, someday I will because we we do have a good relationship. Uh, we always have and 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 we're pretty open with each other. Um, she she eventually does open up to me about things, and and that has been really um, very reassuring to me that um, you know the lines of communication eventually do open up, even if we go through a difficult phase. But that's greatly because of Michelle's help. Next up is Kim Baker, an art director for Live Happy, and she worked with Karen Cassidy, who is the president of the Anxiety and Depression Association of America. And Karen helped Kim overcome her issue with negative thoughts and worry. I think the first question I want to ask you is, why did you choose to focus on worry and anxiety for part of the 90-day challenge? Well, I have always been a bit of a worrier throughout my life, and, you know, through the years... It's not bothered me quite so much, but I thought this would be a great opportunity to to work on you know the areas that challenge me, um, the things that sometimes bring anxiety within me. So I, I thought it would be a good opportunity to learn how to relax a little more, learn how to breathe a little bit more, and um, just maybe find some new tools that that could help me with that worry and anxiety. So this is something you've worked on for quite a while in your life, but you feel like you've gotten better at it, but you kind of really wanted a tune-up, a fine-tuning, and a reminder of how, how to not let worry overcome your life. Yes, exactly. Just, you know, something, just kind of, you know, like tune-up is a good word for it. It's just kind of a refresher. Some of those things, you don't keep working on yourself. Sometimes these things can kind of creep back in. I'm already a really happy, easygoing person, but why not see if I can be even more so? What have you learned in the 90 Day Challenge? How has it helped you? Well, I um, I've, I learned more than I, I wouldn't say I learned what I expected. I, I knew I would learn something new. Karen brought up some new things that I hadn't really thought about in the past. One thing I learned was, you know, how to kind of face my worries instead of being, you know, overwhelmed with them. It's more just to face those worries. So you can learn ways to settle yourself down and and not get um, as worked up over all the little things in life. And so she gave me a few tools that I would not have known about otherwise if I had not taken this challenge. So that was it was quite helpful. Give us an example of one of the tools or the, the most effective tool that you've implemented over this challenge. There's really um, there's quite a few that she gave me um, to try and to use. And the two that I think were the most effective for me in my life were um, one was to ban all reassurance seeking. Um, and the other was uh, flexibility exposure or mistake exposure, if you will. Um, the banding reassurance seeking was helpful because I didn't realize how much I was doing it in my life. And so when I really paid attention to how much I was trying to get some kind of reassurance for my worry to justify my worry, um, once I stopped doing that, it really helped my mind does not even spiral out of control with all these little things that I that I normally would worry about. I would just, instead of going online and looking up something and making myself worried more, I just wouldn't go online, you know, or I wouldn't be asking all my friends about something over and over and over again. That would just contribute to my worry. So once I stopped doing that completely, it helped tremendously. And then the flexibility exposure was great in the sense that it allowed me to tell myself, hey, you don't have to do everything perfectly. It taught me to be a little more flexible in life and not have to do everything exactly as I, I thought it needed to be done. We're all human, right? It's okay to make mistakes. 
exactly. That was it. Like, and I, and I know that deep down, but at the same time, I wasn't allowing myself to make a mistake. And so just kind of taking a step back and, you know, looking at the situation, like think of like a plan B. I wanted to do it this way, but if let's say I can't go to this fitness class I wanted to go to at such and such time, well, what else can I do? Like every day doesn't have to go exactly as I had planned out. I can have another option and give myself a break. So that was really helpful as well. So Kim, now that you've uh, gotten through the 90-day challenge with Karen, what's what's next for you? I mean, do you feel like you've uh, really gotten to the point where anxiety isn't is no longer a focus for you, or do you feel like you've you've learned enough to really make make your life happier, which is of course what we're all about here at Live Happy? Um, yeah, I definitely do think I've learned enough to to help myself be happier because you, you know when you're feeling anxious or when you're worrying, it definitely does affect your happiness. You get bogged down in the the details and the minutia. Um, but when you're not worrying as much, you definitely feel lighter and you feel happier. So that's, you know, a very positive thing I've taken from this. And it's really exciting. You know, there's still work to be done. I feel like I feel like I'm always going to be a work in progress like we all are. So I think uh, I've got some great tools that are in my back pocket to use. I think it's one of those things I'll just always continue to work on. And now knowing the things that I've learned from Karen, I think it's really going to help me um, stay that course, if you will. Our next contestant is Donna Stokes, the managing editor for Live Happy, and she worked with Christine Carter, who is a sociologist and senior fellow at UC Berkeley's Greater Good Science Center and author of The Sweet Spot, How to Find Your Groove at Work and Home. Christine helped Donna with the increasingly popular problem of being able to unplug from work and create a better work-life balance. Tell our listeners about why this is a challenge you wanted to work on. I knew this was an issue for me um, when I started noticing that on the drive to work at stop signs, I was looking down to check my email, just like desperate for every little second of productivity I could get out of the day. I realized that that, in addition to checking emails every 20 minutes after work, was just not healthy behavior. While we like the uh, enthusiasm and the dedication to the job, Donna, uh, you're right. That's not terribly healthy, and all of our research shows us, of course, that you need to unplug, relax, rest, but also you need time to focus. So have you successfully found a way to unplug? Has, Has the challenge actually helped you? Um, Christine Carter is amazing, and her advice has been spot on for me. Um, She has even just, you know, one sentence recommendations from her, like complete one task from beginning to finish or check your email just three times a day and that'll improve your focus. All of those things have really, really helped clear my mind and helped me really focus on the task at hand. So do you think you're more productive or do you think you're more relaxed? I mean, what, what's the ultimate effect for you as a person? Are you happier? <laughs> um, you know, I think uh, you're definitely happier and less stressed. She really focused on that constant checking is, you know, just keeps your... Um, your blood pressure and your stress levels higher and that if you let that go and just do that a few times a day and really focus on the tasks at hand you're just you're much calmer through the day and I've found that that is definitely true Um, and having a set amount of focus time in the afternoon like from one to four which was a schedule she helped me set Um, has definitely improved my productivity. If you had to tell all of our listeners one thing that you think would help them begin this challenge that you learned from Christine, what would it be? Start on one time of the day where you really try to do this. It really is um, 
almost an addiction, and it's something that's really hard to let go of. So I started with uh, mornings. Uh, I used to, first thing I did when I got up was check email. Um, you, you, if you pick once, you know, part of the day, just a couple of hours, and unplug for that, um, that's a great way to start. Next is Shelley Levitt, also an editor-at-large for Live Happy, and she worked with Michael Bruce, a clinical psychologist as well as diplomat of the American Board of Sleep Medicine and fellow of the American Academy of Sleep Medicine. Michael helped Shelley face her problem with insomnia and help create better sleep habits. Can you tell us a little bit about the, uh, the your sleep before taking part in this 90-day challenge? My sleep for many, many, many years, for as long as I can remember, was just wretched. I never slept through the night. I would wake up and not be able to go back to sleep for hours. And I developed really bad habits around this wakefulness, especially when digital bedside toys came into being and I would get into bed with my iPad and my iPhone and when I couldn't sleep I would start watching TV on my iPad. I didn't have a television in my bedroom because I knew that was bad. (laughs) That was poor sleep hygiene but I would have my iPad and I would watch old episodes of Girls or The Good Wife and um, I walked around the next day, day after day feeling really deeply fatigued and I felt like it was really undermining the quality of my life in very, very substantive ways. So what did Michael work with you on? What, um, uh, what, how has the really 90-day challenge helped you? What, what advice did Michael give you? It has turned my life around. It has not been easy, but it has turned my life around. First of all, he agreed. Michael and I met, and he agreed that I met the definition of somebody who is a chronic insomniac, which means that, that for more than three nights a week, um, for th- over three months, I was having troubled sleep. So we, the first thing he had me do was um, keep a sleep diary for a couple of weeks where I noted things like what time I got into bed, how long it took me to fall asleep, how many times I woke up during the night, how, many, how long I stayed awake, and what my activities were like during the day. Um, like my caffeine consumption, whether I got sunlight, whether I exercised. And when Michael reviewed a couple of weeks of my sleep diary, my bedtimes kind of looked like a, you know, electric cardiogram. They were all over the place. They were zigzagging, which is the opposite of what you want. You want very consistent sleep habits. Um, so he said he was going to try something on me called sleep restriction. Hmm. which was evil. He said it was going to be very difficult, and he did not lie. So what he wanted to do was consolidate my sleep drive so that the time I spent in bed was the time I spent sleeping. I was spending maybe like nine hours in bed, but I was only sleeping five of those hours, and then I was catching up on my sleep Hmm. the next day with naps and sleep is kind of like a task it will expand to fill the time that's made available to it so if you spend nine hours in bed and you only need seven hours to be well rested your sleep will expand over those um, nine hours michael had me 
going to bed. I could not get into bed before 1 a.m., and I needed to get out of bed at 6 a.m., wow. and that was really, really difficult. For how long? Just for about two weeks, but it, it really was one of the hardest things I've ever done. The getting out of bed part was not as difficult as the staying awake because you're so tired yeah. and all you want to do is, is, is get into bed and I'd look at the clock, we'd be like 8 o'clock and I said, oh my God, I have five more hours and it was very difficult to find things to do at 11 o'clock or at midnight where I wouldn't fall asleep. I couldn't read, I couldn't watch TV, I spent a lot of time sort of surfing the web and... Um, internet shopping. I gained some weight because I had all these extra hours of wake-up time to fill. Um, I didn't feel like I could drive. I really felt like, do not operate heavy machinery. I felt very impaired. And then gradually, Michael um, pushed my bedtime back. I could go to sleep. I can get to bed at 12.30 and then at midnight. And um, now I, I'm up to about six and a half to seven hours in, in, in bed, and that feels really right. Well, that's great. Well, if it, so that's pretty extreme. That's, those are some pretty extreme steps to take to uh, fix chronic insomnia. I'm glad it worked for you. Um, what is the one thing you would recommend for our listeners to do that might make it just a little bit easier for them to uh, get sleep? What, what, what was the one thing that you think, hey, this is something easy that most people could do that may not know they could do? I think like with many um, areas in your life in, in which you want to make change, writing things down is really powerful. And you can find um, digital sleep diaries online, but just having that record of what my sleep looked like, I began to see, to be able to make associations that um, had to do with whether I was drinking tea late in the day or um, the time at which I was getting into bed. And for me, getting into bed at 9 p.m. and saying I'm going to read for two or three hours did, didn't work well. So you can, you can see some patterns in, in, in behavior. And for some people, it might be that going for a run really late at night interrupts your sleep or having a heavy meal late at night interrupts your sleep or having two glasses of wine after 9 p.m. And once you begin to tease out these patterns, you can make simple changes in your behavior that will have a really big payoff in how restored you feel during the day. And finally, Chris Libby, a section editor for Live Happy, worked with Caroline Miller, who's been a pioneer with her groundbreaking work in the area of goal setting and accomplishment, grit, happiness, and success. Caroline worked with Chris on how to set long-term goals that would stick. Chris, tell me a little bit about why you selected this as what you wanted to work on. Well, so far in my life, I've never really relied on goal setting to live my life. And it's not to say that my life has been bad. It's I have good things, I have a good, good job, uh, I have a great family. Part of the happiness equation is achievement, and so I felt like I was lacking in that department a little bit. I mean, I do complete goals when somebody sets them for me. You know, those are what Caroline says, extrinsic goals. Uh, and I don't have an issue doing that because I guess at some level you don't want to let somebody down if somebody asks you to do something. But I don't hold myself accountable as much as I would if somebody else asked me to do something. So you mentioned Caroline Miller. She's a pioneer in uh, her work in the area of goal setting and accomplishment. And she talks a lot about grit 
happiness, success, and how they're interlinked. Caroline was your coach throughout this process. What did she have you focus on? One of the first things that I did was uh, I wrote an essay called uh, Creating Your Best Life. And what my life, it's basically what my life would look like in 10 years from now. It's sort of a visioning process. Uh, Once you get something written down, it's easier for you to achieve that or work towards that. Also, when I first started doing this, she told me, like, I I first started completing goals and I got happy about it. And so I was like, man, I want to do all these things now. (laughs) Well, that wasn't necessarily a great thing because your uh, willpower has a very limited bandwidth. You can only focus on a few things at a time because if you spread yourself too thin, everything suffers. So it's important to focus on one or two things, complete it, then go to the next. Has the 90-day challenge helped you? It has. One of my goals that was really important to me was to wake up earlier in the morning. Since I couldn't actually create more hours in the day, (laughs) uh, I decided to rearrange the things that I do during the day so it makes my life more efficient. And it has. By getting up earlier, I'm able to exercise in the morning, which uh, I'm more energized when I get to work. I'm more awake. That leaves time after work to spend more with my family, which was really important to me by working with my daughter, teaching her the good things that I want her to know in life instead of not having the time. Because if I exercise after work and then she goes to bed, I hardly see her. It kind of snowballed into a lot of different areas in my life, which I'm really happy about. From talking to you, it sounds like one of the other things that uh, people can take away is that goal setting doesn't have to be the lifelong, I want to be president goal. Yes. In fact, starting on those short-term goals will set you up for those long-term goals if you're not really familiar with the goal-setting process. And risk is you will not be able to achieve anything without taking the risk. What is the uh, one thing that you feel like uh, you could share with our listeners that will help them begin implementing setting goals? Uh, I think that uh, not to be intimidated and setbacks are okay. You don't have to be perfect every time. In fact, if you do have a setback, it's not a failure. It's just another opportunity to, to achieve your goal. That is fantastic stuff, hearing from all those uh, experts and uh, and uh, all of the folks who went through it uh, between the, the two parts of the series here. I think there's a lot to, to come away with. Was there anything that uh, that you noticed that maybe uh, that you got some tips on? There is. You know, uh, Shelly Levitt in particular talking about uh, chronic insomnia. I wouldn't say I'm a chronic insomniac, but I'm definitely chronically underslept. <laughs> and so That's why the coffee machine is usually occupied by... De- okay, I got yeah. it now. And my, my, in my case, it's green tea, but yes. Oh, well, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, coming yeah. from the same place. Yeah. <laughs> but hot yeah, water fountain, yeah. Hot water fountain. But yeah, the uh, you know, but for me, it was really the ability to for her to dial down and say, yes, I'm well-rested and I feel great for the first time in a long time. And just hearing that and then hearing Susan talk about how she has really come a long way with her daughter and how communication she's taken responsibility for that communication and it's improved her life of uh, just everybody had something good but you know those two th- those two really resonated with me the impact that they've had on the on the those ladies' lives. Yeah, those were great. I think the one about uh, negative thinking and worrying is the one that hit me the hardest. This is as we were sitting there talking uh, to our expert. It's just it, there are so many ways that you can let those things creep in on you, and it can just drag you down. So uh, we got something out of it. We didn't even go through the challenge. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine uh, what uh, everybody who went through it uh, has has really experience the epiphanies and and so on and we're giving again the opportunity for folks who are listening folks who have read to get the same type of coaching we're giving away two packages 
uh, $3,000 value, right, for these packages. Yes. And if folks want to know more about the 90-day challenge and how you can become happier, you can go to livehappynow.com. And I want to make sure everybody knows that this content is still there. Go to livehappy.com. Go to livehappynow.com. This content's evergreen. This is not ending. You're always, oh, sure. It's always going to be there. Go there. Check it out. It's fascinating stuff. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Deborah, for joining us. And thanks, everybody, listening, for tuning in to another edition of the Live Happy Now podcast. If there's something that uh, really struck home with you, you can let us know. We'd like to hear Twitter at Live Happy, Facebook.com slash Live Happy, Instagram by searching My Live Happy. And you can also send us an email podcast at LiveHappy.com. For all of our uh, subjects, our test subjects, and for Deborah Heiss, I'm J.R. Houston saying so long. And remember to always live happy.